Yeah, wow. You don't you feel good after eating that? Okay, I got I got to try. I'll bring a keto brick. I got a, I got a couple of them. Okay, they're there amazing. Go. We haven't started a podcast with a fart noise in a while. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sorry, that was me. That was a wet one. Was I? Know, I'm sorry. Oh man, you kinda, I, I went off my diet last night. Dude, no, you didn't. No. It's so funny at jujitsu when people are like rolling really hard, like it'll happen almost every class or at least two people you'll like, and it's happened to me. I've done it before too. We'll just hear a, you have absolutely no control in that situation. Cause in jujitsu to get position on somebody, sometimes you're digging a knee or elbow right into someone's guts. So many times you just smash a fart out of somebody. Yeah. Well, a lot of times when we're at the uh, gym before I go, I always try to force one out. Like I, I'll flex into my belt as hard as I can. I usually have one syllable farts like like they're like little. It's weird when you when you when you're lifting. It sounds like you're ripping a carpet. Well, Mark can always hear him because like I'll do it. And nobody else in the gym will hear it. Mark will be like, "God, I'm laughing." I just heard you. One syllable is so accurate. Yes, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird when somebody when I've never somebody, heard that before. When somebody farts when they're lifting, it's weird. It's a different sound. Like it sounds like a cracked knee or hip or something. You're like, I'm not. You're like, I think I know what that was, but I'm not 100% sure. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. I always listen. try to use it. Like, oh, my hip popped. And Mark said, no, you farted. <laughs> but one time, my hip did pop. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I swear my hip popped. Oh, that's uh, what's great is like, no, it was this. You know, it was the, it's the chair. And then you try to make the sound again. And it, it never make, does it. It never makes the sound twice. You're like, I, okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't know do why it. we bothered to try to defend ourselves on anything, really, because it always makes you seem way worse. Do you guys shit before you squat? Oh yeah, it's like like it's like clockwork for me. Even if I'm in the gym, mm. like before I have to get into a squat bar, I'm like, oh here it is. I have to like poop before I do. Well, I used to, you know, I used to actually lift some weights. So like when there was actual like <laughs> when I knew I had to lift something heavy, I would be nervous about it, and so I'd have to shit every time. And that's Sometimes why in the middle of workout, that's why I stopped the mixed diet. You can't yeah. you can't really squat heavy. Yeah, I don't have those kind of problems anymore. Something that happened in the gym one time that I mean, there's been a lot of gross stuff. Oh, man, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. There's been a lot of gross stuff, but this is one of the grosser things that happened. Um, one of our lifters uh, needed help getting his uh, lifting briefs on. You know, so you have to give the guy a wedgie because it's really tight. It's to help you squat more weight, it's supportive gear, supportive powerlifting gear. And so the guy's trying to wiggle his hips into this uh, suit that, they got, that the other guy is giving him a wedgie in. And as they're doing that, uh, the guy's grip kind of slips a little bit, and he can't hold on to him anymore. And so the guy kind of like plunges to the ground. He doesn't go all the way to the ground, but he plunges down and he's kind of unexpected out of nowhere. And so he, he just hit like a real quick like squat almost. And he gets back up. And this is an older guy. The, the uh, gray monolift that is in the gym is from him. He since has passed. Uh, but he gets up from that and he goes, I just shit myself. <laughs> and we all start laughing like as if he's like kidding around. But he's like, no, I. Like, this is going to be... And then he needed help getting it off. Oh, God. He needed help getting the briefs off. And we're trying to help him, but we're, like, we're like gagging as we're trying to pull the briefs down. <laughs> and he goes, as soon, he goes, as soon as you get past this one thing, he's like, it's going to get real messy. I was like, I'm not part of that. Like, once we get it to here, you have to figure it out on your own. So he went to the bathroom and, and I guess, figured the rest out from there. Oh, but it was horrifying. That's like that movie, Train Spotting. Remember they flung the poop all over? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, Guy came out of the toilet and all that. You've mentioned this movie before, and I told myself I'd watch it, but I never have. Oh, Train Spotting is amazing. It's about, you know, heroin addicts in uh, the UK. Oh. 
And it's a good it's, movie. It's insane, but it's it's a really good movie. I mean, it was like an Oscar nominated. I don't know if it won anything. I just remember it was like. It's just one of those crazy tales of like crazy British dudes, you know. Mm. Let's watch it. Bor, what do you think the connection is between addiction and what we're seeing with uh, obes- obesity and people being heavy and like addiction to food versus things you were addicted to? Do you think there's much of a difference? No, not at all. Actually, uh, there's been a lot of study in this recently. There's a lot of controversy about it. People will say that um, food addiction is not a real thing, but you can actually read it on everybody's face and everybody's body that walks by. Food addiction is obviously a real thing because if people weren't addicted to it, they wouldn't be fixated on it every single day. They wouldn't be fixated on what they're going to eat every day. Um, these things pass when you go on things like a carnivore diet or a ketogenic diet or even a well laid out, uh, you know, mixed diet uh, that's healthy, right? Like you don't have these cravings when you get rid of the processed and refined foods. Uh, I, before I was just comparing um, refined foods to like pornography. Here like we it's, go. <laughs> it's something that you wouldn't give to your kids. Um, you know, like porn, you wouldn't let your kids have open access to the internet. You have all these blockers and trackers and things that keep your kids safe. But you have fucking zero at home for their own human health. Uh, you have zero blockers on their food that they're going to eat. You're feeding them crackers when they're a year old. And we know now that that stuff causes gut permeability when, when these kids are older. We know that these things, you know, they cause problems. Gluten and all these other things that we've heard about for years, they cause problems in children. We have hyperactive children. We have obese children. And those obese, hyperactive children grew up to be shitty adults that have shitty attitudes and do shitty things, in my opinion. Um, I think that, you know, keeping your food clean and keeping your, your sources clean, sound mind, sound body, it's all clean. Obviously, like, things can go wrong with anything, but I just think we're in such a better position to be healthy as human beings mentally if we get rid of the physical addiction to all these things that we have. And we just separate ourselves from it. Like when I went on a carnivore diet, I pulled every single thing out of my diet. It's, but a lot of those things were like addictive. Um, steak is not necessarily addictive. Uh, you're not going to, you know, you don't, you, you crave it only because you need something to eat. But That's why I got rid of cheese because cheese, uh, I feel, is addictive. And, and same with some of the dairy, too. I started well, mixing that in and I just start, you know, going. Cheese is no question. It's too a, much. It's an opioid. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, just as addicting as, as anything that would be an opioid, you know. And on the flip side of that, obviously, like Mind Bullet is a mild, uh, a mild opioid. But it produces, uh, in, in me, it produces effects that are positive. So it's all about like, well, what does cheese produce? Well, cheese is addictive and I eat it too much and then I gain weight from it and that's not good for me. Why does Mind Bullet help with fasting, do you think? We talked about fasting in the last podcast. Because mentally I think we're so attracted to, like um, we need something to, to fulfill us, to satisfy us. And I think that um, it takes our mind off of it. It puts us at ease. It relaxes us. I think I know for myself, uh, every day, and this is like even recently, being on a carnivore diet for a long time, <clears throat> if I fasted all day, like I wasn't like you guys. You guys are machines when it comes to fasting, and I, I envy that. And I try, I'm trying to get you know more and more like that. But if I fast all day and I don't have food until the nighttime, I get really anxious. I get like this anxiety. Well, I didn't eat. I better stuff 3,000 calories down <laughs> now. So that I don't wake up hungry because tomorrow I'm not, I'm going to intermittent fast and I won't be able to eat later on in the day. And I, I found that, um, getting completely getting rid of intermittent fasting for me 
is what actually allowed me to do intermittent fasting, which is really weird. So I started eating all day. Yep. And then when I started eating all day, um, I was able to cut out some of that eating all day a lot easier than I was um, to just try to jump into fasting. It goes back to Dr. Ken Berry being on the podcast and talking about protein and, and Ted Neiman being on the podcast and saying, look, you know, Ken Berry even threw out a challenge. He said, hey, I, I dare you to try to get fat on uh, steak and eggs. And I've tried it. Like, go for it. And it, it yes, of course you could gain weight. And of course, uh, there's going to be anomalies, right? There's going to be some people that probably could continue to eat enormous amounts of food. But I would imagine that after about two or three days, you would start to get some palate fatigue and it would just be very difficult. And you wouldn't end up maybe fasting for 18 hours or anything like that. But you might fast for four hours and six hours intermittently, right? Yeah, and when this World Carnivore Month started only nine days ago. Um, Shout out to our boy, Dr. Baker. Thank yeah, you for Dr. starting World Carnivore Month. We're all very thankful. Dr. I'll drink to that. And so um, when I started it, though, I, I started a couple days early, like maybe three days early. And I basically ate myself from 190 to 210. Which sounds insane to people, but I just kept eating and eating and eating. I was like, I'm going to stuff myself with meat and see what happens. After I did that for a couple of days, my eating just really slowed way down. And then, like, right now I'm back down to about 203. But I feel like even when I got up to 210, I was, like, jacked. I felt solid. Like, I didn't right. feel – I didn't feel 210 – I didn't feel like I put on fat. I might have. I don't know because we don't have a, a way to really accurately check our body fat every single day. Um, if we did, it would be a lot easier to kind of tell these things. But I really blew up, and I actually felt, for the first time, pain-free. I had an entire day where I had no pain. <clears throat> to me, that's a miracle. That's crazy. Like, a, like no yeah. pain, like zero. And and every day, I was achy. You know, I've been achy and feeling shitty. And so, since then, I've had some days of pain, but not that bad. It's been very, very diminished um, by going a little bit stricter on a carnivore diet. I didn't think that... Because people say, well, you've been doing this carnivore diet for like two years. Well, what's different now? What's different now is I was allowing for some variability in it because I thought like, well, maybe it's too restrictive for me. And now I think like maybe my way is red meat and water. Like maybe that's what I have to do in order to feel the best that I feel. And if that's what I have to do in order to feel good, then I'm just going to do it and I'm not going to complain about it and, and that's it, you know. I'm not going to force it on other people because I also realize that I've done a um, half-ass carnivore diet for two, I wouldn't say half-ass, I'd say um, 90% ass <laughs> carnivore diet for, uh, for two years and it's done amazing things for my physique but it hasn't gotten rid of all the pain and so to get rid of all the pain I might have to go all the way there, you know, who knows. So when you said vari variables, like what were you also eating in conjunction with a uh, meat-based diet? Yeah, just some like nuts and seeds here and there. Mm -hmm. Some, um, you know, some things like some MCT oil, some MCT powder, uh, adding more of that stuff. And I'll still have a little bit of that now. Like I'll have, I have like one drink a day where I throw in some like, uh, I have this like hot chocolate that Mark gave me. That's pretty awesome. It's called. That shit's really good, isn't it? It's called fat, <laughs> fat fuel cocoa. Mm. And it's allowed me to switch over from, like, coffee. Now I'll usually just get, like, hot water. Today I got coffee, but usually I just dump it in hot water. Mm -hmm. Has caffeine in it? No. No? No, it's just okay. basically what's nice about it is this cocoa, um, MCT powder, grass-fed butter powder, coconut oil powder, and Himalayan sea salt. It's, and that's it's it. awesome. It's it really just good. tastes like a hot chocolate. It's really good. Sounds great. And it's, like, 21 grams of fat. So, like, a lot of times I use Piedmontese beef. 
and Piedmontese beef has half the fat of mm-hmm. most beef. So what is this? Can, what is this meat? Piedmontese. I believe it's. Is it certi- It can't be certified Piedmontese. That's that's the one there. Yeah. Is that is that it? Yeah. And if if yeah. you're unsure, the spelling is p i e d m o n t e s e dot com. At checkout, enter promo code Power Project twenty five percent off your order. Free two day shipping on orders ninety nine dollars or more. And because he's here, Boar, you have a promo code also. Yeah, Boar. B O A R. There you go. It's very simple. Off. Very simple. So you want to support Chris. Christopher Borbell, or the podcast, either way, it's all love. We appreciate everybody for doing that. You guys need to check out this beef. Head over to Piedmontese.com, enter one of these promo codes, and you'll get 25% off your order. Real quick. That dirt- sounds like a commercial. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, um, don't go to the website. Yeah, don't, actually, don't, get leader, don't get leader meat delivered right to your door. Don't do that. It's not do less, right. be less. That's what we always say. I have a, I have a tip for those that uh, do like certified Piedmontese. They sent me this beef boneless strip loin. I don't know if they sent that to you, Smelly. Beef boneless strip loin is basically like, it sounds gross, I know. It's a loin. And it really doesn't sound gross. I could oh. feel the heat in, coming off in, of Encima. Encima hates being left in the dark. He hears strip Most loin, he gets all excited. So um, this beef boneless strip loin is basically like, uh, I want to say it's 10 New York steaks stuck together, but it's what they cut New York steaks from. <laughs> But it's basically like you can make your own New York strip steaks from this by basically okay, just yeah. the way that you cut it. So, so it's, it's like a giant log? Yeah, it's a big giant. It's a slab. It's a giant slab of meat with a big strap of fat on the back. And then you just cut like two or three inch thick steaks. So you get these big fat steaks, like restaurant quality giant steaks. And then you just cook those in my Ninja Foodie Grill, which I am not associated with Ninja Foodie or Ninja Kitchen or anything like that. But you should be. That is the best way to cook for like a single guy, girl that just wants to cook quick. And like, if you want to make, if you want to be on a carnivore diet and you don't have that, you're at a disadvantage. Like, What does the thing cost? hundred bucks? It's like 200 bucks, but I got it like the first day of World Carnivore Month, and I have not cooked anything not in that. You guys are getting all the hacks on this right it's now. It's a yeah, game I'm about changer. to check that out, actually. Where's well, my- somebody had DM'd me <laughs> or uh, DM'd the, the podcast, and I'm like, shit, I don't know which one it is. Just, you know, I, I told them kind of what you said. Just get whatever you can. But, yeah, I think he had it right with Ninja Well, foodie. look, I, I have. Um, so you like that better than the air fryer? Like it better than the air fryer? Like it better than any of the and other? And then uh, you said no smoke, right? No smoke. Well, <laughs> mine smokes up a little bit, but yeah, that's it. Oh my god! It's it's basically no smoke. Um, but I actually like to leave some fat in there, so mine smokes a little bit. But if you clean it out every time, it won't smoke. But I actually think it ta- yeah, it tastes think, better. Yeah, I think the food Adds tastes better when you cook in there like three or four like times. Like cast in iron, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. clean it, and all it, the and time. it is cast iron. Like the uh, the plate that you sear on right. is cast iron, and when you leave. Like the, it, it sounds kind of gross, but like you're heating stuff at 500 degrees, and when you heat up all that fat and it gets circulating in the air in there, mm-hmm. I think the food tastes better if you if you're cooking it a couple times. For some reason, it, it traps just all those adds, flavors in. Yeah, yeah it's you're like cooking, when, you, when you have a cast iron that's seasoned really well, it just kind of every time you cook on it, it gets a little bit better, a little bit better, and yeah. it's easier to use. You don't have to clean it every single time. It doesn't get that gross, and then at the end. Uh, basically, you're left with a bunch of a clump of like solid fat in the bottom, and you can kind of just dump that in your garbage rather mm-hmm. than dumping it down your sink and clogging up your sink. Mm-hmm. It's like a big thing of fat and just goes right in your garbage, and then you know you start over Sounds and clean good. it out. Um, it's easy so, to use. So during the the two years that you were ninety percent carnivore, um, you were still in pain. Did you try going ninety uh, percent carnivore and then mixing in veggies? 
Uh, never mixed in veggies. The only thing I've, I, I've, you know, I have no love lost for vegetables. I've never had an issue with, uh, there, there's never been an issue with vegetables where like the only thing I miss is lettuce. You know, it's like not, it's you really? not, no lettuce. No, I'm saying it's not. Oh, he's just saying he them. doesn't miss it. I, I don't miss, uh, okay. I don't miss any vegetables. There's no vegetable that I like enough. Um, that I, except really for that eggplant. <laughs> hey, <no. laughs> Uh, <laughs> Seema with a delayed reaction. Oh, whoa. Knocked his coffee over and then he got real excited. Not his face reaction. That was just kind of funny. <laughs> the the <Yeah>. long pause. <laughs> I'm like, hey. But yeah, so we don't miss many of the many of those vegetables besides the eggplant. And um there's nothing that I really crave, but like fruit, I like fruit, you know, I think that's okay. Um and there's a reason why I like fruit. I actually posted yesterday. Um, about 15 minutes of the Joe Rogan podcast that Mark and I were on. I thought um, it was actually really funny because he's like, yeah, Dr. Baker was on here, but he didn't have any science. So let me talk to these meatheads and see if I can, <laughs> if I can get some real science out of them. That's kind of the way that it came off, but he didn't really mean it that way. It just meant like, hey, I had Dr. Baker on here. Like, what's your experience with this kind of kind of thing? And um, I think like that. Um, talk about fruit. Well, yeah, during, during that podcast, we were talking about how we modified it to, like, add in some fruit and the reasons why adding in some fruit worked. I think Mark explained it really well, is that you can eat a lot of calories and meat really, really fast, right? So you can't – we were just talking about you probably can't overeat meat, but if you're trying to, like, lose weight and get lean, you might want to eat a certain amount of meat and then maybe fill in the rest with some fruits and vegetables that you like in order to – maintain like a certain caloric load to not go way over that to just be full right like with less calories and that makes a whole lot of sense and that's sort of what we we discussed on the joe rogan show um however now like i said pulling some of those things out i don't think like having an apple here and there is gonna like really flare up my arthritis i don't think i'm that sensitive i just think that the more i go towards the red meat and water the better i feel and i think that like constantly drilling in on that will be what sort of like gets me to the answer like it might be where i do have to avoid everything else but i feel like as i'm going towards that i can i can figure out you know how much of other stuff i can add in or not you know? i have uh, personally never been more strict on this diet than i am now especially just the last couple days uh the first week of world carnivore month i had a little bit of vegetables in there they were just kind of mixed into some recipes and stuff uh but since that time i've i've gotten rid of all that and I feel better now than I ever have in my whole life. So, you know, why do you think it is that people are trying to refute the fact that this diet is really powerful, and that it is really benefiting people? Like, why are people trying to be in denial of that, do you think? Because, probably because it's, so it's so simple, right? So if you're a nutritionist, you're going to hate it. You're going to be like, I went to school for all these years. Look at guys like Lane Norton, goes to school for like eight years. And then I turn around and say, eat meat and water, and it works just as good, like, basically, as, as like, a really involved plan that would take him a long time to formulate. As a coach, he needs a coaching tool, so weigh your food and... Yeah, yeah, right. and, 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 and I think he's great. I think he's amazing. I actually think Lane has taught me more by saying, like, hey, this is bullshit, and pointing out what's bullshit in other people's work and even he's got amazing information even including in my own like on my own instagram he's commented sometimes hey chris he's always very nice to me he says like hey chris you might want to go check into this you know what he'll say it like that he won't call me out he's he's very cordial um 
and very cool. I can't wait until he goes on uh, Joe Rogan coming up and oh, debates cool. that Game Changers guy and smokes him. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but I think that, like, yeah, like having some real good information to, like, to counteract, you know. But but I think, like, if you're a nutritionist, you're going to hate it if I just go, yeah, well, red meat and water, and then the person gets really lean, they get in shape, they get in the best health of their life, and all they're doing is eating red meat and water and walking. My comment to people like that that would get upset about that is, like, let us help those people. Let us get the 100 pounds off of them. Then, then they need to switch over to something like Lane does. I think that, like, this is not sustainable for most people for all the rest of their life. So I think it's good to have both. It's good to tell people, like, look, we're going to knock 100 pounds off you with red meat and water, and then we're going to switch you over to something that's a little bit more practical that you can kind of handle a little bit better. And one thing I want to like say about this in terms of in terms of protein, because a lot of times you'll hear yourself remarks like protein doesn't count, and that kind of flares people's buttholes quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> but when you like anecdotally, you'll, you'll notice it's like when working with bodybuilders, you see a lot of people on that type of diet. What happens a lot is when they get leaner, they'll they'll skyrocket their protein. Sometimes I'll take in people's protein up to like 300, 320 grams, right? At 180, 190 pounds and minimal amount of carbs and fat. And as the proteins increase in their body compositions continue to improve with the increased levels of protein, you'll like, and if you look at that, you could say that protein doesn't count. You could say that even though, yeah, there are calories, that, but it's not affecting their body composition negatively. So when we say that, just understand that, like try eating excessive amounts of protein, like, um, Ken Berry said, try eating excessive amount of protein and see if you're going to get fat. Like, and focus on protein. I would say you're not going to get fat. I would even argue that it works the other way. The more protein you eat, the more fat you're going to burn because it's thermogenic, right? You're, you're going to burn three quarters of that by, you know. A lot right, of people well, are going to get mad, but that's like, no, you're, that's you're, what you're, it's, it's, it's not three quarters. It's the other opposite. You burn 25% of it automatically. So, automatically that brings it down to only three calories, right? Even if you were to count calories, it brings it down because of its own thermogenesis. And then what else it does in your body when you have over a certain gram amount is going to be more, even more thermogenic. But even with steak specifically or uh, like a pork tenderloin or meats like that, they take a while to eat. So because they take a while to eat, your hunger hormone, your, your, um, you know, what your satiating hormone too is clicking over. It's clicking in by the time you're done finish, finishing it. I've had this happen many, many times where I'm looking at a piece of meat and I'm like, there is no way that this is enough to fill me up. I start to go through it. I'm chomping on it and chewing on it, especially like kind of the leaner meats. And then next thing you know, you, you're like, shit, I, that actually, I'm totally full. I'm totally satisfied from that yeah. meal. Yeah, a previous version of me would have been like, that's total bullshit. There's no way. But then Encima had me on 240 grams of protein, uh, at the very end, 50 grams of carbs and 50 grams of fat. I was full all the time, and then my progress, it, it, it never stopped. Like, I kept, kept getting, getting leaner. If I stayed on that, I, I would have lost too much weight, in my opinion, but, like, I would have been even more shredded. Like, it's it it just works. But if uh, you're, yeah, And if you're starving at night, a good tip and something that uh, I did when I first got in shape years ago uh, was to eat 10 egg whites 
You know, like if you really feel like you're super hungry, I know it's like ten, you know, egg whites. Fuck, they don't have anything on them, but I would throw some uh, pico on them, and it, they were so good. Yeah, it was great. But then also too, after a while, I was like, eh, like it's a kind of a lot of work. It's kind of a chore to eat ten egg whites. So after a while, I was kind of like, screw it. I didn't mess with it as much anymore. But it it helped me immensely when I first switched over to a bodybuilding style you diet know, years ago. When I went out to Hawaii with Dr. Baker. Um, the guys there, Rick and Andrew, shout out to them, Total Fitness USA out in Hawaii, in Waikiki. Um, those guys actually, they, they both have kids. And what they told me was really interesting. They have like these uh, cooked up burger patties in their refrigerator and they kind of have them there at all times. And what they, and they have their children eating just like they're eating, right? And so they tell the kids, if you open the refrigerator and you don't want one of those patties, you're not hungry. That's fake. That's like fake hunger. But if you open it up and you're hungry enough to eat that patty, throw it in a microwave and eat that, and that's what you get that's to eat. That's great. Yeah. And the kids follow it, like which is kind of amazing. Well, for the most part, they follow it. But um, they actually follow it. Like the, the adults actually follow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good plan for an adult to follow is like um, maybe only keep these things in your house. Like the, a good way to safe-proof your house is not to bring anything into your house. But if you do have children and if you do have things like that, just keep that as a thing. Like if I'm not hungry enough for the meat, if I'm not hungry enough for the egg whites, like you said, then I'm not really hungry. Yeah. Once you start tracking stuff, well, when I started tracking stuff, egg whites was like the best thing ever. Because I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's just protein. This is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you said earlier about like, okay, somebody could start doing full carnivore. And then if as needs change, so can the diet. You guys aren't like, like super dogmatic about the whole thing. And people are always saying, like, oh, my gosh, like, all they do is just they, they claim to eat just meat and they get jacked and da-da-da, it's steroids, it's this, it's that. But I'm like, who can't the carnivore diet help? Is there literally anybody? Well, you got to look at my results. I was not on steroids for an entire year. You know, like, so uh, now I take testosterone replacement therapy, like 200 milligrams. I talk, I've, ever, the day I went on it, I announced it on Instagram. It's like, who else does that? No one's like, oh, yeah, I'm on TRT, by the way. Like, people don't talk about it. People are always bullshitting and lying. And what makes me mad is that when you come out and you tell the truth, then people want to, like, get you on that. Oh, it's because of the TRT. Listen, man, I've been on TRT for 10 years, and I've been a fat fuck, right? Like, so what's different now is I eat meat, right? And people need to understand that it's not coming from a source. Mark's results people need to see him train in the gym and what he does he goes fucking crazy and people go just go oh like that's because of uh testosterone Mm -hmm. and like no that stuff helps it's going to help you for sure but it's not going to make you you know you need to you need to build that base on your on your own yeah but as far as like the, the the average person that's not that doesn't care about their fitness period is there anybody that this diet will not help yeah, it'll it'll help everybody. Um, there are there are some rare cases of people that uh, have been like bit by some weird tick. Yeah, right? lo- the Lone Star tick will give you a red meat allergy, which I'm trying to seriously avoid that tick by <laughs> at all costs. For life? Is this like I don't know? Yeah, we don't know. We're not sure, but this is like scary stuff. Man. That's the only people that we've we've actually heard that have any sort of aversion to red meat. It's like less than 1% of the people in the now, world. Now, there's so also some people... Everybody lies about it. I can't eat red meat, you know? So there's some people that do uh, struggle uh, to eat, like, greater amounts of fat. And that also might be an adjustment period. Like, that might take some time. Uh, but a uh, well, we real just, simple solve for that is have leaner meat. Piedmontese, right? Exactly. If you were to eat, like, 
if you have a problem with red meat, Piedmontese would be a great choice. Or just if you can't afford Piedmontese, is choosing some sirloin cuts, yeah. which are cheaper versions of the good cuts, basically. Right. A lot of people don't know that. And they're still great. A lot of people go in and they'll buy um, a ribeye, but they could buy like a sirloin and, it, and it's almost as good, you know, so it's like you got to got to know your meats a little bit to be able to buy the And you got to know how to cook, too, because if you don't know how to cook and you're buying leaner steaks, they're not going to taste great. But you got New York strip, you got a flat iron steak, you have eye of round steak. I mean, these are all um, within most people's price ranges, and, and they, they taste good. And especially a New York strip is great. You just, if you want, you just chop that chunk of fat off, and it's very, very lean. You know, one of the things I've been trying to track down for you is uh, Ted Naiman had a client. I'm actually trying to track the guy down to see if we can get him on your podcast. So Dr. Ted Naiman had a client who was homeless who went to the 99-cent store and bought a frying pan for a dollar, you know, like six eggs for a dollar, and a thing of butter for like a dollar, and would make eggs out in his, like, homeless shelter and make eggs and then every once in a while he could afford some ground beef and he'd get some ground beef and he did a carnivore diet and he lost like 100 pounds like living on the streets I think or pretty close to it which is pretty amazing and it was just somebody Dr. Naaman was like helping for free or whatever so the the number one well one of the main things that I see in all the comments and everything is of course your cholesterol is going to go through the roof you're going to die you're going to have a heart attack your LDLs your blah 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 what the hell do we actually know? I'm begging for my cholesterol to go through the roof. That means I'm going to live longer, right? According to the stats that we have, we see people with the higher cholesterols living longer. Uh, we see no evidence that that does anything to affect uh, mortality. Like the, it's just not associated. Like if you have high LDL cholesterol and high triglycerides, you're in trouble. Uh, however, people on a carnivore diet will have high LDL, but they'll have a very low uh, triglycerides usually, and so. You know, for the most part, I don't see cholesterol ever being a problem for anybody on this diet unless they have, you know, obviously there's medical conditions that I don't know about. I'm not a doctor. I'm a filmmaker. And I say that all the time. I don't have the evidence here. But, like, as far as normal people go, if you're not sick, if you're sick, yeah, go. Like, look, if you have some sort of illness and sickness that you got to take care of, you should be going to see a doctor anyway. However, if you want to just convert, you know, over to this diet if you can eat a steak, like here's what I don't understand. If you can eat a steak with vegetables and bread and all this other stuff, why why is it such a big fucking deal to pull that out, the other stuff out, and then all of a sudden that steak is deadly? It just doesn't make any sense. Like people have this stuff in their diet, right? They have in and out in their diet now. Yep. But you pull away the bun and the fries and then you're going to die? Excuse me? That doesn't make any sense, but that's what people are doing. That's what people are saying out there just doesn't make sense. All right. So what I want to know from you right now is like right now you're feeling the best you ever have. What is it exactly that you're like, what is it that you're eating? What is it that you're staying away from? And now after World Carnivore Month ends, is there anything you're going to bring back purposefully? Or are you just going to keep those things out? I was just cheating a lot, like and not cheating badly, just like a lot. Like I hate to say this because they're they're friends and they're sponsors, but like all these little keto snacks and keto bars and things that I was eating weren't good for me for other people trying to lose excessive amounts of weight they might be good for them it's not too harmful at the start if you need something to look forward to well and it can mess up your gains as you go along i think even um i don't know even like like later down the road if i'm feeling really good to have a bar here and there is not going to be such a crazy problem but my my problem is also within myself is like if i have a box of bars i'll eat them all in a day 
Ah, so you're eating a lot at once. Well, I'll... Oh, <laughs> if I have something there and it tastes good and it's keto and it's not meat and I've been eating meat for three months on end and I have a box of 12 birthday cake perfect keto bars, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash them. You know what I mean? There's just no way. You're kind of fl- you're flirting with disaster. You, know, you really are, right? However, that's me. Yeah. I know a lot of people that can buy a box of 12 and they could eat one every other day for like 24 days, for a month. Mm-hmm. And it'll last them a month. A box of bars will never last me a month. If they last you a month, then maybe you can have them. Maybe they're, they're okay for you. And you eat like one every other day and you add it into your calories and you're fine. For me, though, I'll eat them all at once. Yeah, it's like what we said on the previous podcast. Are you going to watch a little bit of porn? Nope. <laughs> no. Like we, we have uh, in, well, in our house, we have Chalk Zero, which is a, a low-carbohydrate uh, chocolate. And it's uh, got, like, almonds and salt in it. It tastes amazing. I think they have some different flavors and stuff. And we have a we have a good amount of the stuff. And I, I really uh, – I like it a lot. I'm not eating it currently. Um, but I noticed that, like, you want to try to buy stuff that you're not going to overeat on. So this is, like, dark chocolate. It – um. You know, it doesn't taste like a uh, like a Hershey bar. Like if I had a Hershey bar in the house, I would overeat Hershey bars. Yeah, would, but it would, tastes good enough to get that. It tastes good enough to give you a little bit of flavor. And then we've had them in the house for, I don't know, for several weeks, and they haven't really gone anywhere. Like Andy will eat some, and she'll take like a piece of a small piece of it, and she'll have like two, like two little bites of it. I don't know how she does it, but she has that discipline. I don't have that discipline. A lot of times with most things – it just triggers kind of the wrong thing in me. It triggers like further eating. Yeah. Um, Your kids have that discipline too, though. Like I went to the movies with Jake and he just got like a small, he got a soda and a pretzel, but he got a small soda and a pretzel. I'm like, that's not even that bad. I would have, like I said, Jake, get whatever you want. You can go nuts. It's like, Tom me. Like go nuts. Yeah, my kids are really small. good about and food. I was like, oh, wow. He just got a pretzel. He got some mustard with it or whatever. And that, that was it. I was like, wow. Okay. Like My kids know about like intermittent fasting and stuff too. Like I would have bought three bags of candy. The other day, I asked Jake if he wanted if he wanted me to make him something, or if he wanted to stop at Starbucks on his way to school, or McDonald's, or whatever. He's like, "Nah, I'm doing some intermittent fasting." I was like, "Cool, dude, that's amazing. That's, that's great." And then he way talks about he talks about a lot of times he talks about like wanting to kind of save up for dinner. He's like, "Nah," he's like, "We're going to McCooney, so he's like, "Why would I eat like Cheez Its right now?" It like, doesn't make any sense. He's like, I'll just eat more Makuni. Yeah. One of my favorite terms that we've learned on the podcast is mouth pleasure. Mm. And I hear, hey now. yeah, I know. I hear a lot of people say like they get tired of chewing. They get tired of, you know, just focusing on the one thing. Get a chindo. How many times we got to say it on this podcast? <laughs> Chindo.com slash Encima <laughs> yin, yin Yang 25% for 25% off. off your chindo. Free shipping? AKA. Uh, no, no, not free shipping. You'll get everything off when you yeah. order it that way. Do you have any tips, tricks, hacks on trying to get, like, something crunchy in the diet? On trying to get something crunchy mm-hmm. in the diet. Yeah, carnivore snacks. If somebody wants something crunchy, there's potato yeah. chips that are made out of meat. They're okay. called carnivore snacks. Well, there's, there's also, like, chicharrones, right? There's also, yeah, like, pork mm-hmm. rinds and things like that. Um, I think something interesting that Mark has in his cabinet, so let's tell the whole audience reveal this. He's got this um, pork rind um, powder. Basically, that you can oh, use. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, you can use like if you want to cook a chicken breast, dip a chicken breast in some egg, dip Ooh. it in some <laughs> um, pork rind powder, and that'll make the chicken it's like a, crunchy, like a chicken parm yeah. kind of feel to it, but not not all bunch of breadcrumbs, right? 
So there's there are things that you can do. Um, you could put that on a steak. You can do things like that. So yeah, if you want things that are crunchy, but carnivore snacks are great because they're like they're literally like you know pork and uh, beef chips. They're like they're they're kind of expensive because they're really good quality. They're not commercially beef. available yet though either. I think you can get them on their. I don't think I don't think he's selling any of them yet. Sign up for them. So you then you can sign up to learn about when. Well, there's also the uh, yeah. <laughs> there's also the the um, chicken skins, which I know. Yeah. So the first batch of chicken skins that came out were like um, they were using canola oil, and I guess they're switching over to using. There's a few companies making that oils. kind of stuff now. Yeah, you got to kind of look, but like I think Mark's right. Like the um, pork rinds are kind of kind of where it's at right now for crunchy stuff and that's kind of about it and they're not that great well so i don't really like them that much i don't i don't have any crunchy stuff in my diet because i've decided that all the stuff that's really crunchy isn't really that worth it yeah mark said like we're not designed to eat crunchy stuff all day long <clears throat> so i you know it, it depends on what you define as crunchy i think crunchy are usually looking for like a potato chip or some sort of tortilla chip type of pop you know, from the thing that you're eating, uh, but things that are crunchy and have a pop to them too are fruit and vegetables. So, like, if if you really want stuff like that, you know, eat a fucking cucumber. You know, put some salt on a cucumber, um, and then in addition to that, just uh, like learning to sear and like o- like slightly overcook or not overcook, but like have a high temperature mm-hmm. on some meat or some bacon can give you something kind of crispy to eat. It's not the same as eating like a chip. But I think you know chips the, are the biggest kind of junk food people make when they cook meat is they never um, they never, they don't warm up properly you know just like lifting but when you get your heat all the way to the you know when you when you want right. to sear a steak you got to sear that thing like super hot so I think like a lot of people miss the boat on that they just throw their thing in a pan and just try to cook it and it comes out crappy but if you want that nice sear you got to get that pan really really hot and let it sit on there for a little while you yeah. know real quick I want to. I want to go back to that snack thing that we were talking about because you mentioned those chicken skins. I think we need to kind of switch the way we look at snacks. Carnivore snacks, I, I know they're not out yet, but I think they're cool because they're good, but they're not so good that you're going to like right. eat four yeah. bags, right? But those chicken skins, bro, like they, they're... The, the flavor of them and the, whatever they're so good. The texture, everything. Everything that you're like, I ate multiple bags. So I think we need to like Instead of looking at snacks to be, ooh, let's be something super pleasurable. Those chicken skins that I brought in? Yes. Yeah, because I have more now. Yeah, whole, see, they sent me a I'm, whole new box. I'm not even going <laughs> to mess with those because I know that, yeah, they're cool and they fit in the diet, but they're too good that I can't I, I can't take it home. Mm-hmm. I think snacks need to be, you need to look at them as, okay, they're, they're kind of good, but I'm probably not going to eat that many of these. What he's saying is snacks need to be kind of shitty. <laughs> they, they need to be good, but yeah, they need to be kind of shitty because like if you're like me or... You well, I'll, you give you, I'll give you an example. Like the carnivore snacks are really good. Um, they have like a ribeye one, mm-hmm. but it's it's grass fed ribeye, and so it has that slightly fishy taste that I don't like. Mm. And if if it was grain fed steak, if it was grain finished steak, I probably would probably would eat way too many of them. Because yeah. then they would be like, okay, now it's too good. Like in South Africa, they have the biltong jerky. If you've ever had like legitimate biltong jerky, yeah, it's, it's amazing. good. It is amazing. But you're, it's going to be hard to eat a crazy amount at once. When you have American beef jerky, it's cool, it's good, but it's like they... they there's so much to it that you can you can legit overeat that. Well, yeah, they drink. put a lot of soy in it, and they put a lot of sugar in it, and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, these companies are working just as hard uh, as as the big food companies are. They're trying to sell product, you know, so they're trying to make stuff taste good. In the case of the carnivore snack, there's only like 
I think, two ingredients. It's like meat and salt, right? Yeah, it's always just meat and salt. So they have pork loin. They have, like, eye of round. They have ribeye and one other pork one, I think. And I liked it because when I tried a little bit of it, because I think you gave me a little bit, I was like, hmm, this is good. But it's like it wasn't so good where I could see myself just in the corner eating what's, it for, you know, nonstop. What's weird about carnivore snacks is you'll take, like, so they're literally just really thin sliced pieces of steak, mm-hmm. like really thin, and they're fried in a way that makes them crispy. But you could, and they're pretty big because they're like the size of the steak, right? Yeah. So, like, you could pull one sheet out and eat it. And for some reason, that's satiating enough. Like, you don't need more than one. So, like, what you're saying is, like, you would think you'd sit there and munch on the bag. Because in the within the bag, it's because it's dehydrated, like, the way it's cooked. In the bag, there's about three, I think they said three pounds of steak or something like that. Like, it's some insane amount of steak in one bag crushed down to nothing. So, when you eat it in, a, in its dried form, I guess it's, like, the fat and everything's more highly concentrated. Do you think beef jerky is okay on a carnivore diet? Most beef jerky has a lot of sugar in it, and most beef jerky has a lot of soy in it. So if you can find ones that are soy-free, sugar-free, that kind of thing, I would go for it. I just think it's hard to make meat that lasts forever. Yeah. Um, I would any, go with fresh uh, meat. Any pooping problems, like any uh, diarrhea or any, any any Hershey squirts or anything like that? No, the only time I ever have that is when I eat things other than meat when I eat things that are off the diet, you know? So I think some people might encounter that when they first start this, like first couple of weeks. Uh, we heard uh, Joe Rogan, you know, he was kind of having blowouts and things like that. A lot of times that's just like electrolyte balance, but people need to remember it's what you're getting rid of, not what you're getting onto. It's not like, it's not what you're getting, you know, it's not what you're eating now. Right. Like if you went back, like I said, probably three days before Joe Rogan started the carnivore diet, I bet you had a meal that was steak with vegetables and, and maybe a starchy carb, right? What's the difference? He just pulled the things out. Well, now he's shitting his brains out Well, because he's gotten rid Might of... be getting rid of all that he's stuff. He's getting rid of all that stuff, and, and his stomach is... Your, your microbiome is changing over, and that's going to take some time, and it's going to take some some uh, consistency to get it there. Also, somebody might be adding 100 or 200 grams of fat to their diet, and they may have never eaten that way before. You know... Uh, a huge uh, war on carbs proponent and a longtime carnivore is uh, John Anderson, who you know routinely eats like five to seven pounds of meat every single day. He's an absolute beast. Um, you know he he ate like something like five hundred grams of protein a day or something like that. And a lot of people uh, read that article that we had in Power Magazine years ago, and they were like, "Oh, I want to try this." And I got a lot of messages about it, and, and I was like, "That's great that you want to try it, but man." If you try to all of a sudden have 500 grams of protein and 300 grams of fat in a day and you've never done anything like that before, you're just going to be on the toilet like constantly yeah. and you're not going to feel great. So, uh, you know, you got to you got to kind of work your way into these things. How about your uh, energy levels throughout the day then? I think that's a funny one. All right. Like uh, we all know, we all know this. Everybody knows this. When you eat food, it gives you energy and people lack energy. Well, what does it mean? They lack food. Eat more food. You have more energy. It's that easy. It's that simple. So when people are like, I'm not, I don't have, I'm on a carnivore diet, bro. I don't have any energy. How much fat did you eat? That's what the energy comes from. You get more, you get double the amount of energy from the fat than you do from the carbohydrate. So like eat more fat. It may take longer. You might not be fat adapted yet. You might not be uh, able to use it yet, but you just keep eating. So it's like when you're worn down and you're tired and you're not getting energy, 
you need to produce more energy, and the only way to do that is to eat more food, you know? And another way to do it is through fasting. If you fast and you allow yourself some time with fasting, it might feel like shit in the beginning, uh, but you have a lot of energy on your body that you need to get rid of, and you can probably just look down at your gut and be like, yep, I got plenty of energy right there, and I'm just going to fast, and I'm going to allow my body to do what it should be doing naturally. If you don't have energy, it's because your body is not being efficient, and if it's not being efficient... Like you said, we have to we have to move towards that, and sometimes moving towards being efficient is not comfortable, and we just have to deal with it until we get comfortable, you know, and it'll get there. Yes. So no, as you say, like, so is that why you guys think, um, like, some of the reports on people that have joined World Carnivore Month, their uh, everyone's experience is so all over the place. I have tons of energy. I can't sleep. I have no energy. Uh, I I can't poop. I can't stop pooping. Is it just because of what they came off of? Or is it just everybody's different? It's hard to make a generalization, right? Right. Of, like, what's going on. And it's hard to make... So many people lie. Like, so many people might have, like, a steak or two. And then, like, what the hell else are they eating? It's like, dude, like, we don't know. I mean, honestly, like, I don't I don't trust people's own self-reporting. Like, mm-hmm. what they're doing and how they feel and all that. Like, you can't just take... Well, like, this one guy got a stomachache, so maybe we should all abandon this. You know, it's like, let's... You know, it's hard because we don't have studies. We don't have people locked in metabolic words, and we can't see what they're really eating. But I think I get this all the time with Kratom. So, like, when I was doing the Kratom movie, you'd have a 1,000 people that have all these crazy reactions to Kratom, right, that were, like, all over the board, but they'd be one-offs. Like, you'd hear it one time. Like, well, that's not good enough to be a side effect. You know, that doesn't count. And so what are we experiencing in the carnivore community? A lot of the same stuff. We have a lot of people that doubt the carnivore diet, so they try it with the intention of, I'm going to show you how this doesn't work. And so right away, they're starting, you know, with a negative attitude, trying to figure out why it won't work for them. And then they're maybe like, maybe, yeah, maybe they don't have enough energy. Maybe they don't have enough, you know, whatever. And I think that a lot of that comes from, you know, the bias of like, well, I'm going to show you that this doesn't work for me. And then they can just get on the internet and say, I'm fat because carnivore didn't work. On that note of energy real quick, do you find that a lot of people in the carnivore community are also implementing fasting with what they're doing? I'm I'm seeing a trend with that, right? A lot of people are incorporating. I encourage people, uh, I think not to, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think Dr. Baker does too. I think the, um, you know, you're pick one dietary intervention or another, in my opinion, but if you were trying to, uh, you're an athlete, it's a little bit different. I might say for somebody like you that if you were trying to, like, get really lean, do jujitsu maybe in a lower weight class and you were, like, really pushing it, maybe that'd be, it may be, like, a different, you know, a different protocol for you. Maybe you'd incorporate intermittent fasting and carnivore. And I've, I've done intermittent fasting and carnivore, and I've actually seen, I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel better when I don't restrict myself. Yeah. I just feel like if I can have a steak at midnight, like, cool, you mm-hmm. know? Um, to me, mentally, that frees me up a little bit, makes me feel a little bit better because you're already being restrictive enough with just eating meat that I don't know that you need to restrict the time, Yeah, you know, unless you're really gunning for something. What I wanted to get at real quick was what I, because I've seen a lot of comments about this, there's when people do carnivore, some people will do it, fasting too with it. Not even that I suggest it, just that I see that. But what a lot of people have, what a lot of happens with a lot of people is that they'll start pounding caffeine because of their fasting. So throughout their day, they'll start drinking much more caffeine than they're usually used to drinking. 
And then that'll mess up when they go to sleep at night. They don't feel as rested, and then they feel a lack of energy the next day, and that continues to just kind of snowball into every single day. And, and that's why I try to say don't, don't try to fast because, like, you might, in the beginning, like, you could fast once you get used to it, but in the beginning, you might consume more caffeine in order to make up for it. You might consume, Later in the day. Yeah, consume other things, and coffee has a pretty long half-life, I think. Couple hours. Like six you don't hours. want to be having pre-workout or caffeine in the evening. No, because that's gonna fuck you up. Yeah, it'll always it'll always creep into your sleep unless you know. I think uh, limiting caffeine is a huge deal for a lot of people. I think we are way too hyped up on it, yeah. and everybody complains that they don't get good sleep. But if they were to cut their caffeine, they would get good sleep. People don't understand. Like Ultimate Warrior had the greatest quote ever when he said, "You wake up in the morning and you have to have coffee." You just fucking slept for eight hours, you know? And I think that's amazing, like, to, to really think yeah. about that. You just slept for eight hours, and you can't do anything without your coffee? How useless are you really? Mm-hmm. You know? Like, think about those things. And I think about that stuff, and I'll be like, oh, I'm skipping coffee today. <laughs> uh, not enough people are embracing, you know, having, like, a schedule, you know, trying to wake up a similar time every day. It's really easy on the weekend to say, uh, you know, I'm going to stay up till midnight and I'm going to just wake up kind of whenever uh, in the morning. But there are no days off. You don't get any days off. I mean, if you want results and you want progress and you want to be heading in the right direction all the time, if you don't mind being sidetracked and having some of your goals, uh, you know, derailed for a little bit, then fucking don't listen to me. But I think it's, it's really valuable that you know when you're going to go to sleep you know when you're going to wake up. You know when you're going to eat. At least some of these things doesn't have to be a crazy routine. Doesn't have to be super strict. But I think it's important that you just have an idea. I try to wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Sometimes it's 4. Sometimes it's 3:30. Sometimes it's 4:30. Every once in a while, it might be if I'm on vacation or something. It might be more like six. Uh, so that's where it might have some deviation, and my whole schedule is a tiny bit different for a little while. But what happens is I think a lot of people, they, they, they kind of uh, give themselves too much slack. And then they're up an hour or two later on the weekend. And then they're waking up an hour or two later. Then they try to get back into their schedule. And that's why people are like, I don't do Mondays. They don't do Mondays because they don't have the discipline to understand that all the days are connected. And all the food that you eat is connected. And your schedule is very important. Like, I don't want to be on a schedule, as Ron Penn has pointed out to us, like, He's like, I don't like doing that shit. I don't like, uh, you know, having a set schedule, but I respond really well to it. Everyone responds really well to organization and having some sort of schedule. And that's why people are so tired all the time because they're not, they're not trying to do a similar thing every day around the same times every day. I find like with too much time on your hands, you have too many, uh, there's too many decisions to make. I could do this and I could do that is a bad place to be actually. A lot of people would envy that. They'd say, oh, I, I wish I could just pick and choose what I wanted to do. But when you can pick and choose what you want to do, oftentimes people choose to do nothing and actually get, don't accomplish anything. So it's like you have to have goals in front of you. You have to have things in front of you that you need to get done. You know, Otherwise, you can just sit there all day and do nothing. We had this conversation in the last episode. That boredom for a lot of people, including myself, is going to just leave. You don't have anything to do or anything set to do. Eat. It'll lead you to eat. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I like that. That is one of the things. It's one of the reasons why I plan out a lot of things. Because when I get bored, my mind will still go to. Oh, I'm kind of hungry. It's it happens to all of us. Yeah. Do you always just eat when you're hungry and eat till you're full? Kind of. Well, right now, yeah, I've I've put that into practice. Before, I would be like, well, it's only nine a.m. 
and I'm hungry, so maybe I should uh, have a coffee, right? <laughs> like you just said, mm-hmm. and and fast it out for a while. But why? Like if I'm hungry, I should eat, right? So that's what I've I've just changed into. Like, okay, well now I'm hungry. Now I'll eat. You know. So is is that the easiest way to kind of ease into this diet? Is just keep eating till you're full? I think so. You know, I've actually found so what I came out and said the other day on Instagram, because I actually feel this way, I feel like you can develop disordered eating on this, and I feel like I just wasn't eating enough. So I don't know if my eating was necessarily disordered, but in a way that, like, I was trying to get lean, and I would say, you know, I was trying to follow kind of what Mark's doing. Well, I'm only going to eat twice a day, but he eats twice a day because he fell on that, right? Like, it, it, it happened, like, and that's what does usually happen, and if I just... It's funny, if I do eat as much meat as I possibly can, I kind of fall into that too, where you actually only eat twice a day, but maybe you're eating more, you know, more amounts. So I was eating twice a day, but I was eating twice a day, like one, I would have like one steak, so it'd be like, okay, I'm having 60 grams of protein now, and it would be a Piedmontese steak, there wouldn't be much fat in it, and then my second meal, I would maybe load up with more fat, you know, than, than normal, or maybe I'd have like a steak and a keto brick or something like along those lines. And I just wasn't eating enough calories. If you add up my calories, uh, I was probably in a deficit all the time. But then Mark and I were squatting 405 for reps. You get killed, you know, and I was really, really. So what was worse of all was that I think I was just put painting myself into a corner with the lifting, trying to keep up with Mark and trying to keep up with what he's doing. Because Mark knows, like, when we go heavy in the gym, I don't really back down. I'm like, no, let's keep going. You know, for some stupid reason, but that's those stupid reasons affect me and uh, make me put me in pain a lot. You know, so when I tell Mark, well, man, everything hurts every day. He's like, well, you got to calm down, dude. You're, <laughs> you know, you're going kind of crazy in the, in the gym. You could do less weight. You could do less reps. And I'm, I'm starting to learn that, you know, sometimes you have to uh, take advice from your little brother and, you know, learn that you're going too nuts. You know, I think, you know, back to fasting, um, what I always recommend for everybody on any diet that they ever do is in the beginning, you should just have at it, you know, just get used to the foods, but you need to get used to the foods for a good two weeks. And that's actually really difficult for people. And people just, they tend to lie to themselves a lot. And then we know a lot about that because we lie to ourselves a lot and we will we'll sit here and analyze like, Hey, what's the deal? You know, how are you eating and what, what are you doing? And then, one of us might say, oh, I'm having a little trouble with this or that. And it's like, well, hey, dumbass, like maybe it's the, you know, four pounds of heavy cream that you pour into your coffee every day. And you start to you start to kind of analyze it and look at it and you start to understand, like, I'm just kind of full of shit. I need to actually eat what I'm supposed to be eating. So whether you're on a carnivore diet or the vertical diet, um, it really doesn't matter what it is that you're on. Can you actually set yourself up to eat the foods that are in that are? on a, on this particular plan and then how do you set your life up so that you can make sure that you're able to eat those foods and if you can't do it for two weeks which i would say probably 90 percent of people can't they can't follow anything for two weeks which is which is insane but it's very true and it, it's been very hard for me in the past too i've you know i've built up this uh willpower i've built up this discipline to be able to do this it's taken uh, decades, literally it's taken decades for me to be able to uh, train every day, for me to be able to start running, for me to be able to, to get on a carnivore diet, or for me to do a bodybuilding show. Like All this stuff, 
it took a really long time to build it into my system. And now it's ingrained and now I have good discipline with this stuff. But, you know, for your average person, it's like just get used to the food and eat as much of it as you want. Eat as much of it as you can. Stuff down a bunch of potatoes. Stuff down a bunch of steak. It's These are not going to be the things that are going to keep you fat. These are things that once you get it, uh, once you get used to the foods, it's going to be so much easier to cut back on the overall amount if that is uh, indeed a problem still. The Lots funny of- thing is that if you were to try that, and again, like I have nothing against people or utilizing counting or counting your macros, but when you look at a lot of flexible dieting, if you were to be very flexible with the food you were eating, that rule wouldn't be able to apply what you just said. If you were like giving yourself a lot of pasta, a lot of highly refined foods, you can't just have at that food. There, You have to count that food because you will end up naturally over. That food is very easy to overeat, but you can't overeat meat. You can't really overeat potatoes depending on how you prepare it. You can't overeat real food. It's very difficult to do that, which is why what he's saying right now just makes so much sense. Yeah, I think I even think something like if somebody has problems with energy and they're athletic, I even think adding white potatoes in with meat is a great idea because a white potato is the most satiating thing on the planet. It's got a ton of potassium in it. It's really good for you. So like if you were an athlete and you're like, you know what, I want to try this carnivore thing, but like I'm afraid that my jujitsu is going to fail. Well, look, go have a after you train jujitsu, have a steak and a potato. It'll taste so freaking good. And that's your, that's your carbs for the day, and that's it. And then you go back to steak, you know, in the morning, and steak and eggs maybe or whatever. I think that would sustain somebody uh, for the most part. You know, it depends on maybe how much they're, how much they're rolling and how much they're doing. Maybe yeah. they need two potatoes. Who knows? Like, you're a big dude. Maybe, maybe that's the right amount. Who knows? But you can kind of figure it out with that. But I think steak and potatoes, you're never going to really put on fat. Right, like it's gonna be hard. It's gonna have to be, unless you're taking those potatoes, and making French fries, and frying them in oil, and Throwing all that sour cream on them, and everything else. Yeah, there, there oh. could be ways you could bombard that. But I mean, maybe just like a white potato with with a little bit of butter, or a little bit of oil on it, or something like that to make it so you'll it's not get so dry. Full. Yeah, you yeah, you'll be stuffed. So every every time we do a uh, an episode when we're talking about specifically about the carnivore diet, we'll get messages coming in from people that are saying like I'm really interested in trying the diet. Where do I start? And I usually always giggle like How do I get started? And I'm telling my fiance I'm like you know it's crazy how many questions we get about like Where do I start? It's like well it's called the carnivore diet, so you eat a lot of meat. And then she's like, well, it's funny to you because you guys talk about it so much. She's like, but for the majority of people like this sounds crazy and that yeah they want to know like can i have chicken can i do this can i do that so where can somebody just start from scratch like from ground zero where does somebody start start by just like what you said start by eating meat and eggs and then think of think of uh the meat and egg combinations that you like um not meat and eggs together necessarily but think about the egg combinations that you like whether it be omelets or over easy or sunny side up or however you like your eggs like think about some of that and then how you can incorporate that do you like hard boiled eggs if you do then that's a great addition um how do you like your steaks prepared and what kind of steaks do you want to get and what type what type of uh, hamburger meat do you want to get and really getting started is as simple as you know making the decision to go to the grocery store or not even the grocery store go to a butcher shop so that way you're not negatively influenced by all the bullshit that's at a grocery store 
uh, go to a butcher shop, get a bunch of meat, and start getting ready. You need uh, meat. You might need some um, butter, eggs, and your salt. I, yeah, I salt. actually don't know why people would even write in a question like that. Like, where do I get? So I was. I would just Google. I've never asked that question for anything. I've, I've ever done never, in my whole life. ever, ever. <laughs> been weak enough to ask that question. I think you need to start by Googling shit. Why do I people, get people are so weak that they can't even get out of their own way. It, you can Google fucking anything and that's what drives me crazy. It's like people will say, what foods can I eat on a carnivore diet? I'll be like, Google it. My wife gets... It's easy. My wife gets pissed. She's like, why in the fuck are you answering these people's questions? Exactly. She goes, these people are pathetic. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah, won't, yeah. they won't research their own shit. She's like, that is a question that they can Google or YouTube in two seconds. I was like, I know they want the, and they want the interaction a lot of times. But sometimes it is really, they're just giving you work to do. Yeah. Because you're like, motherfucker, I answered this question nine zillion times. I'm, it's on my podcast, it's on my YouTube channel. It's everywhere. There's not one original question anymore that I answer. They're all, like, I've laid out all this information. It's all on the internet. Dr. Sean Baker has answered practically every single question on his YouTube. Follow him. Yeah. And it's like, follow these people. I put it up every day. I post like, hey, follow Sean Baker. Go to meetrx.com. I put out so much information about getting people to the places that they need to be that it should be simple to start out on a carnivore diet. It should be easy. Stop making excuses as in like, oh, nobody coached me. Nobody told me. Like, no, it's all there. If you follow like... Just go on Instagram. Follow the pictures. What is Chris eating? What is Mark eating? What is Dr. Baker eating? What are all these people? Hashtag carnivore. What is it saying? What's out there? Yeah, you follow know? that hashtag. And then people go, well, what do I believe? Believe the guys that are that. Who are the people that have what you want? If Mark Bell has the physique that you want, follow Mark Bell. If Sean Baker has a physique you want and you're into like, you know, endurance sports and rowing maybe follow sean baker if you know it's like there's going to be somebody out there for you to follow if you're a woman and you're you know you're trying to lose weight there's people like dr gabrielle lyon who are just excellent with this kind of information like absolutely the best person you could probably listen to as a woman because she gets it and she's a mom i think a lot of times people want to ask these questions because they're just very hesitant like is this okay for a female to do yeah, it's like really like no, it's it's great for all. Like, there's not a difference. They're like, looking for a way out. Yeah, I mean, we had to hunt food. We had to gather food. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the human evolution, and uh, women and children weren't exempt from that. Yeah, and it's like not to not to uh, yell at the fans and be like you're all dumb for asking dumb questions, but like, I think I think if you get yourself smarter, like if you think of like um, we always say like before you ask something, is it necessary? Right? Is it necessary for me to ask Mark Bell this and take his time from this? Or could I Google that? Mm -hmm. And could I come at Mark Bell with a better question than how do I get started? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really Could I use Mark for a better resource? Mm -hmm. It's so hard because you see these questions that come in and you're like, okay, this guy's, he's so lazy that he won't Google it. Therefore, if we give him the information, what is he going to do? Absolutely nothing because he's not motivated enough to even fucking search for it. If you guys look at the carnivore chef, Hadi Dumont. He's our friend. He's become a friend now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how cool it is. He's become a buddy. You know, I've had him had him over my house, cooked him a big steak the other day, you know. And the way that he got there was I never even met the guy. I didn't even know he existed until he lost 191 pounds following us. 
Mark and I had no idea. I mean, he was putting, you know, he was asking questions on our Instagram and stuff, but it's just another guy, mm-hmm. and I'm just answering him. And he's like, oh, you've always answered all my questions. I lost 191 pounds, and that stops me dead in my tracks going, wait, and you live in Sacramento? Why are you not in our gym? Yeah. I was always afraid to walk into a gym because I've always been a fat guy. Good, come into our gym. We love you. Get over here. And he's become a friend. But he became a friend because he did all the work, and it makes you like him so much better because he did the work, and he did it, and he just kept his mouth shut and his head down and just did all the work, and then he came to us. Yeah. He said he hasn't had a cheat meal. He can't remember the last time he had a cheat meal. He well, said he thinks it's like two or three years ago. But his food looks so good. Yeah, what's looks insane great. about him is that uh, like he's stricter than I am, and now he inspires me. So now I'm on Carnivore Month. I'm like, man, I, hottie, you son of a bitch. How do you do it? Like, you're so strict. It's just because he's put his mind to it. And he said, you know what? I weighed 400 pounds. Now I weigh 230, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my brain in this because that's how I got there. Yeah, and that's why I brought up the question because – for every thousand people that are not gonna utilize what we say, there might be one hottie. Yeah. So that's you why know, we, exactly. I, I love guiding, doing it. I love guiding people to the right information, but I would rather guide them to the right information with things that are like a little bit more advanced, like that. They, they're already into it. They already know. Like it's so simple: red meat and water. And then it's like, okay, they they've done it for a couple of weeks. What, what's beyond this? What else can I do? You know that kind of thing. Amen. I'm gonna. I'm, I may take a little bit for this, but when I look at like when I hear those kind of questions, I can remember what it was like to be that clueless about anything as far as dieting is concerned. So, in defense of that, like, yeah, you can Google it. I get it; it's right there. But to someone who's like not used to diet culture, that information seems like overwhelming. All these different types of meats, all these things you need to get out of your diet. Like, it just. Got, I mean, I can get it. The answer is simple to us, but. Dude, I remember what it was like not to understand anything as far as nutrition is concerned. So, at least we can still be here to answer these simple questions. How, like, how did you learn it? Did you uh, did you send a message to Michael Hearn and say, "How do I get like you?" When I started, like really trying to get, <laughs> I mean, deep like into honestly, that, I actually like when I started delving into nutrition and stuff. I asked Alberto Nunez. I was like, "What did you read to learn what you know?" Because I knew if I could, that's like, a good. Question. That's a way better question, question. Sema. That's a way different question. Then how do I get started? I know. I what know, did but, you but read? Where even, did you get your information from? Because yeah. you're great. You have good information, right? Yeah. That's what you asked them. Yeah. But at that point, like, yeah, I wasn't getting started. But, like, these these are people that fitness isn't their life, bro. Like, for us, the right. fitness culture, that's our, like, we're trying to delve in deeper to understand why things work the way they work. Some people, th- like, the carnivore diet is not going to be the thing that they talk about daily. It's just going to be an add-on to their life. So they need, we need to make it as simple as possible, which we, you guys are making it as simple as possible, for them to put in. I think they're also uh, perhaps searching for us to say something different. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're in search of, like, something that they think we're going to say, almost like they're anticipating, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be so easy. Like, you're just going to do it this way. And then it turns out, like, the answer is always hard work. The answer is always dedication. The answer is always when can I have a cheat meal? You can't have one. You know, like the answers are always the same. Yeah. And my answers have gotten a lot tougher lately, like especially during World Carnivore Month. I used to be kind of a pushover where I'm like, well, you know what? Just kind of like eat more meat and you'll get there. But I'm realizing myself that the more I go straight meat and water, like I feel the best. So now I'm just telling people like, look, yeah, you can do that. But that's not that's not what this is. That's not what we're doing. And I just say it like that now. You can do that. That that might work, and you'll lose some weight, and you'll get good. You can do the 90% carnivore diet. It works pretty good. 
Like it got me all my results. Like it, it worked pretty good. But if you want it to work great, let's just dive in. Let's just say no to things. Let's just do a little bit of sacrifice because a little bit of sacrifice can lead us to a great victory. You had mentioned that you were uh, kind of under eating as far as like when you were fasting and whatnot. Are there any other pitfalls that you see people making <clears throat> when it comes to the carnivore diet? Uh, I think, you know, not really. I mean, I think uh, under eating is going to be the main thing. I think that's that's probably the, the main issue that most people experience. And I do see a lot of people um, not really uh, keeping their electrolyte balance good. Uh, I, I see a lot of people have digestive issues like in the beginning. And um, I don't know that that can solely be fixed with just electrolytes. It seems to help a lot of people, but I don't know if that can like solely fix it. Uh, I think sometimes things just take time. So those are really, uh, really only, only mistakes I see. The other big mistake I see... I wouldn't say a mistake. It's just a thing. Mark was talking about it before. Cheese is an opioid. It's addictive. You will eat cheese until you die if you if somebody lets you, you know? And so, I mean, I don't know. I It is rare, rare that I come across somebody that doesn't like cheese. And if they're a vegan, they're eating that, like, cheese, nut cheese, which is eat gross. <laughs> but they'll eat the cheese made out of nuts, you know, because, like, Everybody kind of likes that flavor, and that that nut cheese is not going to obviously have. That really sounds gross. My nut cheese doesn't have opioids in it, but but that's the thing is like get another something heap of nut cheese. Get a lot of that. Yeah. After, get a lot of that after jujitsu if you don't shower. Lots of nut cheese. It's weird. There's nut cheese and nut butter. It's like there's both nut yeah. nacho cheese. Well, Rogan was talking oh. about nut butter the other day, being like the grossest name. It's like yeah. they got to come up with we a new do name. Need a better name, yeah. And nut butter. Oh, that's wonderful. Because <laughs> he was talking about f bombs. He's like, it's just this nut butter, and the guy's like, that's disgusting. Oh, it was method or not method, man? What's the guy? Rizza. Rizza. Yeah, He's I was a, gonna say he, I heard that. Yeah. Rizza is a vegan, and Rogan's like, yeah, it's just nut butter. Don't worry. Guys, like, oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, I don't know what what the deal is, but a lot of conscious rappers, like especially older ones, like they're they're vegan. I don't know where it comes from. NBA players too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the the uh, Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, he just says, hey, nothing has to die for me to, to live. Yeah, he's like, you nothing know? should and, die for me to eat. And he he, lived, he trains and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so it's like, whatever. He's made, he's made it work for him. Mm-hmm. He's figured out, you know, we don't know how healthy and strong he is. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Hey, the ethical reasons, they make sense, but animals in the jungle kill other animals, so we just kill some of those animals. Well, we don't. I should have, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, the ethical arguments... You know, it's hard to argue with. It's hard to, it's argue, hard to with. argue with. Like, hey, you don't think it's right? Cool. Don't eat it. Don't eat Fine. it. Fine. I'm good. It doesn't live forever, though, no matter what you eat or don't eat. No, no. And it's not going to make a dent in anything. So because the general, like, you'll never get the whole population to go vegan. People are, like, too smart for that. Like, no, I know I need, <laughs> I know, I know I need meat. You know? Yeah. Totally. No, people are way too smart for that. Come on. What would you eat today? Eat anything today? Uh, no, I just had a coffee to, this morning, but I got my um, my shipment in from Piedmontese right before I got Lucky here. Lucky you. So I stocked the freezer. Nothing on my end. Might be here today. What? Oh, I'm just waiting for meat. Oh, you, you're getting a shipment? Yeah, it's coming soon. Well, someday. listen, man. If you guys get a shipment, it's because I... <laughs> I'm the guy that, that, that talked to them first. Yo, you, do you guys? Do you guys have you ever seen that uh, so video of the gorilla? I'm the. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I'm the, I'm, the guy, <laughs> I'm the guy who got all these ropes in here. Look at man. <laughs> Look at man. I was the first one to contact them. So you'd be thankful oh, if you man. get it. 
right? I'm the guy who got Piedmontese over here. Look, I got them over here. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Wait, no, so- um, honestly, it was this easy, and this is like what people don't realize. Uh, I think I do a pretty good service of helping people out and helping people get straightened on their diet. So I was talking to the guys from Piedmontese. I said, you know what? I love your beef. It just is way better than everything else. And they're like, yeah, we'll send you a bunch. So they sent me a bunch. I posted about it a bunch. And I just came to an agreement with them saying, like, look, maybe we can work something out here. And I didn't want to take money from them because I feel like uh, I don't like I'm not making money off of other people trying to push a diet or doing anything like that. And um, I didn't want to make it like that. Like, oh, this is a way that I can make money. So I just said, well, why don't you guys just like hook me up with meat and I'll hook you up with posts. Mm-hmm. And it's like that simple. It's a handshake agreement. But I think that's awesome. And I think that like other people out there, you know, that are building up their followings and doing things like that, they should be looking at opportunities like this. Look at look for opportunities. Look for people you know. Look for people to support you. In my opinion, uh, Piedmontese is doing a great service to me by helping me out. You know, like meat's expensive. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for it if I don't have to. And if I can just put out some simple information on a product that's really, really good and really going to help. Really, people, really I, good. No matter what. Yeah. Then I have no problem with it. Yeah, that's awesome. So let me ask you this real quick. As far as your eating set was concerned. How often do you find yourself eating each day? Because you said you don't restrict anything anymore in terms of the times you eat. So how many times are you eating during the day? So yesterday was really strange. I uh, took Mark's son, Jake, to go see a movie, mm-hmm. Parasite, which is amazing for anybody who hasn't seen it. I know. I have to see it, it. It earns every bit of the 99% that it got on Rotten Tomatoes. I've never wow. seen I've never seen a film that was like a foreign film that I thought I was going to hate, that I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Um, beyond that. I fasted pretty much all day, mm-hmm. and I was starving when I got to the movie. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to eat it. Obviously, there's nothing there I can really eat. So I just I, had, I got a Diet Coke and just kind of fasted through the movie. And I went home, and I smashed two full uh, ribeyes. And uh, I think that's like, uh, let's see, it's about the Piedmontese ribeyes, 60 grams of fat, like a, probably... 150 grams of protein yeah. but I ate them in one meal at the end of the day and that that just actually felt great you know it felt really good I had a coffee in the morning and I had that at night and um, that's kind of all I ate yesterday normally I but, but normally I was eating throughout the day it just so happened that I was busy yesterday and just ended up stuck places where I couldn't eat and I'm really trying to cut down. Usually, like, if I'm out all day, I'll go to, like, In-N-Out or Five Guys and stuff. And I'm just trying to cut that out this month because of the cheese. Like, I can't you, – if you can go to In-N-Out and Five Guys and not get cheese, God bless you. But, like, with cheese, it's just a million times better. So mm-hmm. I've just kind of cut those things out for now. I think, like, we were just talking about it. When Like, on days that you're busier, you end up just naturally just not eating anything and just eating when you get home, right? That's why I love it. Like I said, um, the intermittent fasting – comes automatically so i don't try to do like i didn't try to do it yesterday there was no there was a little bit of hunger but then you know sort of like watching a movie just got my mind off of it and i wasn't hungry anymore and then right after that i just smashed those two steaks and i mean it was it was like so good that i cooked so i got a two-pack of these uh these big steaks i I cooked one up and i was like well i don't want to cook the other one i'll just save it for tomorrow and whatever and then halfway eating through eating the first one I like I, I was letting it rest and I got like halfway through eating it and I'm like you know this isn't going to be enough and I cooked the other one and then halfway through cooking the other one like Mark said sometimes you misjudge the meat and you're like oh man now, now I'm kind of full so I was actually kind of full after the first one but I got the second one down 
you know, pretty easily also. And yeah. and I just think, like, it felt so good, actually. I felt good. It feels amazing to stuff yourself. And, you know, eating one or two times a day, you end up with a great opportunity for that. You end up being able to feast, and you end up being able to eat, like, literally as much as you want. You can just kind of have at it. You forget about the beginning of the day. You forget yeah. that you didn't eat. You know, you're like, ah. Uh, yeah, 10 seconds into eating your food, you're... You're like, holy shit. Yeah. So you guys were doing the ketogenic diet before a ton of people, and you guys were really, really good. Like, you guys did it for a real long duration of time. Um, in comparison to that, do you think the carnivore diet is better for, like, the masses of people? Yeah. So I did keto, and I get – I loved keto. I thought it was great. Uh, I fell into the trap of, like, definitely using a lot of the foods that are, like, so-called keto. Um, I fell into the trap of testing for ketones – I was testing for ketones like three times a day, right? This is what's ridiculous. I'm testing for ketones three times a day. Last summer, Mark was staying in Malibu. I was pretty damn lean. I actually weighed about 15 pounds less than I weigh now. Like I was, back then I was like 185, 190. Um, And so I was really, I was really lean the whole time, but I was definitely starving myself and killing myself and testing ketones all actually... I was doing carnivore at this time, but I was still testing ketones. And when I stopped kept testing ketones is when Mark did a bodybuilding show. And he just blew me away in, like, how ripped he was. It just blew me away. I was like, he went from being more body fat than me to, like, way less body fat than me in a matter of, like, weeks. And then I was just thought, like, well, what am I doing, you know? Um, I'm counting all these ketones, and it's not making a difference. We just had a bogey flying in here. <laughs> Um, what was he looking at? A guy just walked in. I don't, he was looking at that bike, I think. Anyway, the um, when Mark was like super shredded, I was like, well, "I'm look at what I'm doing," and he's just kind of like, you know, counting his calories and doing this and that. And my ketone thing is not doing anything to get me any leaner. Like the more ketones I have, doesn't matter. So I was like, let me just see if I stop testing. And when I stopped testing, is like I started getting leaner and better because I just started focusing on like what I was actually doing because to tell you the truth, I would manipulate the shit out of ketones. So I would be like, Oh, my ketones be a little low. I'll take some exogenous ketones. I would crank them up and I was doing the thing that everybody says in ketosis to not do. I was chasing ketones, you know, and I've made a lot of those mistakes. Like I am, you know, I'm a filmmaker, not a nutrition expert. So I make a lot of mistakes on a lot of these diets and a lot of these things. And I do a lot of things in self-experimentation. Like I know that they say higher ketones doesn't correlate to anything, but I'm going to prove them wrong, you know, and I never prove them wrong. It's like everybody's always right. Uh, but I, but I try, you know, I, I was, I was trying to experiment. I think that's a big problem in the keto carnivore community now too, that we need to get rid of is I feel like, um, these diets have been around for a long time. They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. And we keep seeing over and over and over people trying to like rename it and make it their own. And it's like, people stop, stop. Please. It's like, it's something that's already here. You didn't invent eating meat. It's like, stop it. You know? And it's like people trying to, uh, kind of wedge themselves into what Sean Baker's doing. Like, no, Sean Baker's the guy. Nobody else is the guy. There's nobody else in the carnivore community besides Sean Baker. That is the guy. He's the guy. Accept it. You know? And, um, I think people need to learn that and people need to stop trying to like make this thing into their own thing there's obviously other people that you can listen to there's other theories that are going to come in but as far as like 
this strict meat and water diet, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that knows more about this than Sean Baker and can put it in a way that people can understand it and utilize it and make it work for them over and over. And so I think that, like, we need to stop trying to innovate a carnivore diet. It's like, it works. It's there. It's great. It works. And so I, I think that um, rather than trying to uh, negate what's already there, let's try to work with it, you know? You know, real quick on that. I'm Okay, so that sentiment isn't necessarily bad, but I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that, yeah, okay, we have, like, Sean Baker, he's the expert on this. But if there is somebody else who, like, they're learning about it, they figured out something awesome, and maybe it adds a little bit of complexity to it, but it adds another layer of increasing one's health, and it, I feel like there should, yeah, there should definitely be people trying to innovate in it. You know what I mean? There should be people continuing to try to push the barrier of what we can do with this. Well, I, I know that's not necessarily what you're saying, that people shouldn't. I don't con- think. I, I think it's the naming conventions yeah. is what I'm talking about. Okay. Like people try to name it their own diet. Oh, I see what you're saying. So like something different than they what the carnivore diet is. They try to name it their own thing else. and then they try to I capitalize. Then they're trying to capitalize on that. Monetize. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to monetize shit that, they, mm-hmm. that doesn't need to be monetized. That's more what I'm I got talking what you're about. Saying. I'm not talking about innovating the diet. Like for example, I just bought a bunch of, uh, I just bought a bunch of ground beef mm-hmm. and I got liver ground into it. Like, that's a good idea, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. You, And I'm not the one that innovated that. Danny Vega's been doing this for, like, three years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he even has a company called, like, Primitive Meats or something coming out with liver burgers, like liver and organ burgers, which would be a great – it's a great idea. Yeah, like, yeah. that's the kind of stuff – like, I'm down with that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to create a product that's going to make my life easier by just blending up some meats, I'm down with that. But yeah. I'm not down with trying to follow your diet that you name because you're trying to make money – off of something that's been around forever. I get what you're you know? saying now. I get what you're saying. That kind of thing. Like the exploitation, I guess the exploitation of the diet, mm-hmm. you know? And carnivore and keto, uh, to me, are, are very similar, especially with intermittent fasting uh, blended into them. I, I think that uh, both diets can be magical, uh, like literally magical, because of the, the strange and unbelievable healing powers that they have and just the testimonials that we get and the things that we've seen, uh, I have no other way of, of, of uh, saying it other than to say that they're magical. They make shit disappear. Um, I've, we've seen diabetes and skin disorders and body weight, and we've seen all kinds of different things happen. Having said all that, I think uh, most diets are fairly equal uh, if you can factor in being able to control the overall amount of food that you eat. Most people will probably go through a very healthy life if they just do not overeat. They have a way to control for their calories. They have a way to control the energy consumption that they take in every day. And if they move around a bunch, they will be relatively healthy. There's, there hasn't been one person on the earth to live like 15 or 20% longer than anyone else. So no one has figured out, no one has solved this riddle, no one's figured out anything different, not Dave Asprey or anybody. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll find out when Dave Asprey, uh, maybe other people will find out when Dave Asprey is 150 years old. But Dave Asprey, Joe Rogan, myself, my brother, uh, we're not going to live exponentially uh, that much longer than someone else just because we chose this style of diet. I do think it can keep us while we are here, I think we can have a better quality of life. And uh, that's what I'm after, and that's what makes me feel good about doing these styles of diets. And 
people that have struggled with diet before, people that have food addictions, I think that this is literally the only answer for them is keto, fasting, and a carnivore diet. Some sort of mixture or blend of all three of those in whatever way you got to get to them. But I, I think that that is a solution to a lot of disease in, in America. Yeah, I think you're right as far as like living longer. There really, really isn't anything that shows evidence or proof that any of these diets are going to make you live any longer. We see that uh, when you look at things that are comparative, like diets that are comparative, like we see vegans and carnivores and people on mixed diets living to be like around 100 years old. Um, I know Sean Baker was talking about some people the other day. We're saying like, oh, like vegan people will think that you can live longer, but the longest living woman ever, 117 years old, ate steak and eggs every morning raw. Like raw steak and eggs every morning, she lived to be 117. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so that's not evidence of like, oh, that's what I need to do. She lived to be 117. It's just the fact that like she wasn't a vegan. You know, like you're saying the vegans live longer. She, she also, wasn't a vegan. Yeah, and she also probably didn't even eat the rest of the day hardly. You know, I, yeah, I don't know what her information is. But if you can figure out a way to control, uh, you know, consistently and constantly insulting the way that the human body was designed, <laughs> then 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 you will probably live a long life. I mean, even if we were to measure everyone's glucose in the room, like if we pricked everyone's finger right now, anyone that just didn't eat, our glucose levels would probably be similar amongst everyone that's healthy. You know, if someone's unhealthy, then it's going to be uh, skewed t- quite a bit. Maybe they have a lot of uh, sugar in their blood. But your, your body has its own healing mechanisms in it. You can eat a giant uh, bucket of sugar and... Eight hours later, your blood glucose is fine. Yeah, it regulates. Yeah. It regulates. Camera's going to die. And so am I, apparently, because <laughs> this day. diet. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> camera didn't get any carbs today. Where can people find you, Chris Borbell? Um, right here at Phil's Coffee Shop in Davis, hey. California. Uh, at Big Strong Fast on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. I don't really use uh, Facebook anymore because, uh, you know. Who knows? <laughs> if people want to pick up some of that Mind Bullet. Yeah, mindbullet.com backslash Chris Bell. Mind Bullet's a great addition to a carnivore diet. Uh, I know it is plant-based, but it doesn't seem to affect me in any way but positive. It actually makes me feel great, gives me energy, gives me focus, and actually helps take the hunger away as well. As well. Only consume plants that are going to get you high. That's what we're after. Exactly. Andrew, where can people find you? At I am Andrew Z. Uh, make sure you guys follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on Twitter, LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Power Project, Facebook.com slash Power Project, and TikTok. I keep forgetting to mention TikTok at MB Power Project. Have no idea what we're going to do there, but we're going to have fun. There are videos oh, yeah. there right now. Yeah, there's there. There's I got there. a couple vids up on TikTok that too, boy. but I'm not sure what to do with it either yet. No clue, but we we'll figure, figure it out. We'll figure it out. It, right. We're going to get on there. But yeah, so um, if you guys have any, any kind of questions or anything, we say that this is the most interactive podcast on the planet. So interact with us on any one of those platforms. And Seema, where are you at? At Nsima Yang on Instagram and YouTube. At Nsima Yang on TikTok and Twitter. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, people. How about you, Mark? Today is day number 10 of World Carnivore Month. I appreciate you guys following along. Make sure you check out Carnivore Challenge Facebook, Facebook page where a lot of people are interacting with each other. In addition to that, you can check out my YouTube channel, which is Mark Smelly Bell. In addition to that, you should be following my brother on his Instagram to see what he's up to with the carnivore diet. 
Also, follow Dr. Baker. Dr. Baker is the one who started this gangsta shit, so let's give him a thanks and let's follow him on all platforms. He's got a great YouTube. He's answering questions every day. I think he's doing live videos and stuff like that, uh, too. Meet, meetrx.com is where every single ounce right. of information about the carnivore diet can be found. Meetrx.com. Yeah, he actually uh, sent us a link to it uh, uh, maybe like a week or two ago, and it looks awesome. It's another great resource for meat. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell on all platforms. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch you all later.